Sorry, we got it. We got it. We got it. Just in time for Salsa to come in and knock over all my headphones. (laughs) (laughs) She's such a hot mess. She's just all over. She's feeding off our energy right now. That's for sure. Oh, why? I wish I could hear you a little bit louder, but I don't really know how to fix that. So I was going to say, I don't know. I'm so used to you like blowing out my ears in Zoom. Whoa. Not your fault, I don't think. <laughs> toggle, wait, toggle camera? What does that do? It oh. turns it off. Oh. It doesn't toggle anything. It just turns Bullshit. it off. It's very deceptive. I was going to say toggle, toggle would sound like, okay, you could let me like put it where I want it to go. But... Here, I'm going to raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I have something Lisa to say. Has something to say. <laughs> Oh my god, it just keeps going. Okay, I have to disable it. Okay. I wave until... Oh, um, until somebody <laughs> acknowledges you? Yeah, until you untoggle, oh. you you will continue to wave. Oh man, learning new things. I know, it's fun. Well, anyway. Anyway, we're back with Riverdale. <laughs> yes, this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And to get us started, here's our 60 second summary. In his pettiest campaign yet, Percival starts going after overdue library books with a literal posse of armed deputies, but that's fascism for you. He demands collateral from each of them, which he will hold until they can produce the missing books, and then, to no one's surprise, a bunch of freaky shit starts happening. Although no one puts two and two together at first, Charles eventually deduces that Percival is using their collateral to cast a spell to dredge up unpleasant memories and long-buried fears as a test of mental fortitude. Archie is forced to confront his abuse at the hands of Miss Grundy. Jughead develops a super severe case of eczema, which literally causes his fingernail to peel off. Reggie finds himself struggling with dyslexia again. Betty is haunted by repressed memories of her serial killer father. Cheryl hears the disembodied giggles of children, and Veronica's toxicity becomes literal when she seduces Geraldo and wakes up next to his very dead body. Talk about mourning after regret. Eventually, the missing library books are recovered and returned to Percival in exchange for their personal items, and allegedly the spell is broken. However, we lost two of our favorites to the dark side along the way, Kevin and Reggie. Has anyone tried simply stabbing Percival in the throat? Just an idea. I don't know how I felt about this episode okay i felt yeah you know (laughs) i'm with you i don't know how i felt either (laughs) like i wasn't necessarily intrigued by anything but then i wasn't really bored because there were some moments where i was like oh that was my reaction but like at the (laughs) same time i'm not sitting there like can't wait till next week well i wasn't a fan of the spiders. No, no, no. I no. was not a fan of the eczema. Nope. And I was not a fan of the creepy giggling children in oh. Cheryl's house. Yeah, that wasn't no. So this this episode hit on a lot of my own personal fears and discomfort. It's like Percival's <laughs> coming after you personally. Yeah, I mean possibly at this point. So I felt attacked. <laughs> I don't even have a lot of notes for this episode. I don't either. Just a lot of critiquing of things that were said or just how things played out necessarily. Like, is there anybody you want to start with? One of my takeaways here is just that I hate I hate Veronica and Reggie so much. They, like but as a couple. <laughs> it's horrible. I wanted to love them. I was like, you know what, this is good for her. And then you know what? He keeps spitting straight facts with her at this point he does and i'm like finally somebody's fucking giving it to her because not i wouldn't say nobody had the balls to do it but 
nobody had the wherewithal to do it and actually be listened to. Everybody else would say it in passing or in a group of people or whatever. And he is just head on like, basically, you're a fucking asshole. And that's all I have to say about that. That's what it was. It's so frustrating to watch Veronica argue with him because she has no leg to stand on. She's been an asshole throughout. And even when she's talking about Reggie taking the slot machines and setting them up at the set satellite casino at his father's dealership. She was reaching for reasons <sighs> yeah, to be mad like, at get him. get over mm-hmm. yourself. That's the one thing he's done. And, you know, he said that he was going to share the profits with her. We don't really know. And I don't know that I'm not so inclined to believe him, but I think that she has done way worse stuff to him. So I just don't... Whenever she starts attacking him i'm like bitch yeah people in glass houses (laughs) and i love that he brought up the whole black widow of wall street and he's like i wouldn't want to end up dead (laughs) and it's like good for you bro because she spares and he even says it too He's like, never spared my feelings before. Mm-hmm. It's all about her right. and how she's going to benefit, prosper, everything like that. And she's not going to change. She's not going to change. I don't see it happening ever. There will be no character development. <laughs> I actually thought that it was a pretty insightful observation when he said that she can't be alone. Yes. Because I had never really thought about that, but he's totally right. Mm -hmm. And especially with him, you know, it explains why even though she doesn't seem like she's that into him or at least not as into him as she was into Archie, she's still with him because... She can't stand the idea of being being by herself. And he said, it's not your nature. He was on fire. This whole scene. (laughs) Yes. Their whole back and forth, I actually thought was some of the best dialogue we've had in the season so far. Agreed. Even though it was kind of frustrating to listen to, they were just coming back at each other with good quips and maybe not so good points on Veronica's end, but it felt interesting. I felt the chemistry there for once. You know, every other conversation has been so bland between the two of them this season or just not very interesting. And for the first time, this felt electric. And that's, you know, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have that. <laughs> Definitely. But like I said, I don't see her changing despite what goes on in the rest of this episode. Yeah. I mean, I guess before we get to that, we do have to talk about why everybody starts having all of these weird episodes. And it's because... <laughs> it's such an eye Percival's- roll, man. It's such an eye roll. <laughs> Well, because this is the pettiest bullshit we've seen from Percival since he came to Riverdale. Wow, yeah. (laughs) He's going after library books. Overdue library books. That's like going after overdue blockbuster movies. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. What's your point? Not saying libraries yeah. don't exist. That's not what I'm but in Riverdale. No, but Riverdale's doesn't. Right. He was trying to close shut it down. So if they don't have all their books, what the, the fuck books. does it matter? Yes. And he's like threatening he literally brings an armed posse of police officers with him to re- retrieve these books. And he's threatening people with a misdemeanor. And I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure you wouldn't do jail time for something like that. No, especially if the library isn't going to exist anymore. Right. And Riverdale exists outside of the normal bounds of law and order. So right. I, I mean, I guess it's possible that Percival could ensure that they spend lots of time in jail. But I, I don't even think there's a statute that would permit jail for any sort of significant 
sentence. Mm -hmm. But regardless, this isn't just what it seems on its face. This is an attempt by Percival to gather significant artifacts for our beloved Riverdale people. And he asks for collateral about a hundred times. Would have been a great pranking game if we knew this ahead of time. Yeah, I was getting real sick of that word. I think we all got the gist after the first couple of people, what he wanted, what he was there for. And it seemed like every single time we had to reiterate, okay, I'm here for an overdue library book. This is the library book. If you don't have the library book, I will take some collateral from you and you can give it back. Like we have the same conversation with every single person and it's exhausting. And everybody gives a a piece of themselves basically (laughs) to... Well, he kind of forces the things that are given to him. Yeah, he chooses them specifically. So Jughead, it's a copy of his grandfather's book that was given to him. Also, Jughead looked like Johnny Depp in Secret Window. Oh yeah, kind of. When he was sitting at his laptop and he had that kind of sweater jacket thing on him and the messy (laughs) hair and the glasses. I was like, oh my god taking me back but anyway he takes archie's guitar that he specifies is the guitar he learned on with miss grundy Mm -hmm. he takes cheryl's (laughs) the trunk trunk that has dead jason in it yeah not just dead but uh calcified yeah well done jason yeah and then specifies don't worry i'll keep him safe What What is happening? What did he take from Betty again? Uh, He got Alice to give him her diary, which is the biggest violation to me. (laughs) And then he takes the portrait of Hiram from Veronica. And she was like, yeah, you can have that. That was actually pretty funny. Like, yeah, I don't really give a shit. Which makes you wonder, like, why he would have asked for that. It seems like he was asking for significant, like, things that people actually really cared about. Maybe it's one of those scenarios where, like, there's money behind the painting or something like that. (laughs) And, like, she doesn't know it yet. Again, this show makes me go into these weird scenarios. Yeah. I mean, we laugh, but it could could very well end up being true. So... Can't laugh too nope. hard. So yeah, that that's everybody, right? Yeah. Oh, and then well, he doesn't. Does he take Clara from Reggie? No, Reggie has the Reggie book. Reggie has the book, and that made Reggie me really sad it. though because it made me sad. Like too. Reggie's was the worst. It was the worst, and you're. It's like you're really gonna use his dyslexia against him. Yeah, and also, why is he being punished for giving you literally what you just asked for? Right. It's. Right, there's no rhyme or reason now at this point to whatever he's, whatever his plan is. Yeah. On this particular day. Well, it does convert Reggie to want to join Percival because he realizes that there's some sort of magic afoot Mm. that's making his dyslexia return and connects it to the objects and everything. And he's like, can you teach me how to do that? And Percival's like, sure, I can just join the dark side. (laughs) And apparently he does. So I guess it was a necessary catalyst. But man, Reggie. Yeah. And I think also with throughout the episode, how the weaknesses are brought upon, you know, it's his dyslexia, but everybody else's is like, really fucking creepy like archie's getting taunted by the students that are in the rotc yeah what little bitches by the way (laughs) and also but he's also a little bitch it's your yearbook and it's also like these fucking teenagers like relax i struggled with this one because i that was my initial reaction but then i started to think of it in terms of how these memories of him 
playing music and learning how to play the guitar and everything are inextricably tangled with his relationship with Miss Grundy and how at the time and to be fair at the time I don't think it was really given the correct treatment of this is creepy and really fucked up so it's almost like we're we're going back to correct history here because even in a conversation that betty has with him she's like we didn't call it this back then but you know she was grooming right and it's like yeah no we didn't call it that because we were trying to make it look a little sexy (laughs) right then the show realized that they can't make this sexy so we have to call it something else and also when he does end up because he starts hearing the cello down the hallway. Right. And we end up seeing Miss Grundy. She is swamp-like. Yes. And I'm trying... <laughs> swamp Grundy. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, is that how she was killed? No, the... Didn't the Black Hood kill her and he, like, strangled her in her house? Yes. So why is she swamp-like? I don't know. I think she was supposed to just be zombie-fied. Okay. Because it just... I Maybe... maybe. I could be wrong. If, if maybe he killed her and then dumped her in Sweetwater River like that could have happened I just don't remember I thought that she died in her house but right. I could be or Swidlow Swamp <laughs> the place where all the bodies we go love that place I think that if you look at it through a lens of this isn't just about kids making fun of him for playing the guitar back in the day but it's more so about him having to face those memories of his being- sexual awakening abused <laughs> well um to him he didn't by feel, an older woman abused then but it's such a strange gray area whenever they try and portray these teacher student relationships because the students are always played by adults we're not seeing an actual 16 right so it's not we're not being hit up. with it being so awkward at the right initial it's not as video. unacceptable yeah to our brains but if we saw an actual 16 year old in that role it would be super fucking creepy so oh yeah that was archie's little ditty little ditty then you have betty who in this episode i i do like the short hair don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but there were certain scenes where she kind of looked 40 years old and i don't know why i specified (laughs) 40 but it was just like her facial expressions her clothes her overall mannerisms, I was just like, okay, maybe you are finally playing the age you're supposed to be playing. I don't know, but whatever. Her thing is she <laughs> she smells bleach and she's like going to throw up from it. And she looks over at the janitor who's cleaning with the bleach. Right. And it's Jen. <laughs> yeah, good old Jen. And I, I find it funny. Well, not funny, but I find it interesting, the choice of thing for Betty, because I feel there's tons of stuff that could have been chosen as her weakness. Really? I I think that this almost made too much sense, that it was Mm. the obvious path for them to take. I guess so. Like, obviously, she's got so much trauma wrapped up in the Black Hood and her father. Mm. It's like... I wish I almost wish they had done something else to be slightly more creative with it. That's true. But it seems like this is something that's going to continue because I think I saw for next week she asks Jughead to read her mind because I think she's trying to access more of these repressed (laughs) thoughts because what we do see is that her repressed memory comes back and it kind of triggers a realization in terms of the TBK investigation Mm. and that they should be looking at fathers because there seems to be some level of uh, like intimacy in the crimes that are being committed that indicates 
TBK might have a family. So I I guess maybe she's thinking if she delves more into some of these repressed memories and and dredges more of that up, it might help her create a better profile to find TBK. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So as always, I'm the most interested in Betty's story and, you know, (laughs) everything else can just go to shit. Well, to be honest, having it go back to the Black Hood and her dad, those were the seasons, the episodes that got me hooked. So by all means, bring it back in some. Yes, let's return to the things that were good. In some way, shape or form. (laughs) We have Veronica, which I think. He's just going to play up on the whole Black Widow scenario. And um, yeah, we took that a little bit literally. literally. (laughs) I mean, there's spiders everywhere at any time. Yeah, not a fan. And I have a comment later on about that. Okay, you don't want to make it now? I guess I can. (laughs) Is she going to become Spider-Woman? Because she, there was venom on her lips. Yeah, it seemed like when she kissed Geraldo. Geraldo. R.I.P. Geraldo. Poor guy. I know, right? Like, damn it. You're a good (laughs) shot, but unfortunately. I'm actually upset that I said earlier that I liked Geraldo because I feel like that killed him. (laughs) I'm responsible because finally got a new character that we liked and he, he did. Not Veronica's venomous spider kiss (laughs) yeah so the venom was transferred to him through her kiss which is unfortunate but might be good for everyone because it means she can't jump right back into another relationship that is toxic and terrible punishing her for not being able to be alone boom bang bang boom now it basically forces her to be alone so put that in your pipe and smoke it Veronica (laughs) I had a an high school teacher who used to say that all the time. <laughs> I don't think I've uttered that best. ever in my life. <laughs> but the show makes me do crazy things. Then we have Jugheads, which is disgusting. And I don't want to be, I don't want, I'm not going to be graphic about it. But no, yeah, let's no, not. It just has to do with him <laughs> writing and he ends up developing eczema to an extensive degree right like i didn't know that eczema could be that severe i mean i'm a st- i wasn't aware and honestly i didn't google it i was afraid to yeah, google no. it because i didn't want to see pictures i think if the itch is bad enough though it could get to that point but the severity at which where it lingered on his hands if you watch the episode <laughs> you know what we're talking about it gave yeah. me black swan vibes yeah uh, exactly uh, well no, I, I, i'm saying no. i didn't say the actual thing but i know you didn't but if you know black swan you know if you know you know if you know you know so yeah so that was it also that just creeped me out we both did the same thing with our hands i know we do we both maybe that's like a nervous tick or something <laughs> that we just play with our hair when we're like really grossed uh, out <laughs> that was funny i thought i was looking in a mirror <laughs> i know and i like stopped doing a meeting i'm like whoa i'm doing the same thing dawn's doing i should stop that for some reason um and then cheryl's why am i at a loss for cheryl's cheryl's because cheryl's was confusing because i didn't really understand what hers was she heard giggling like kids giggling and she walked into her bedroom and then there was this oh right suspicious looking lump under her it was just a thing of roses 
Which she, yeah, which she tore away thinking there was going to be somebody underneath, which, by the way, I would literally never do this. Mm-hmm. If I walked into my bedroom and there was a human-shaped lump under my bed sheets and there was no reason for a person to be there, I would turn around and leave. There's no fucking way I'm going in there and pulling the sheets back to see what's inside. No, or thank you. Or on her behalf, at that point, I would have just used my little, you know, firepower and just went, Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good idea. But it's just a bunch of roses yeah. underneath. So, like, hers was not very threatening or alarming. So I wasn't entirely sure. But I also, I think he was just kind of bringing it back to the book she took out, which was Flowers in the Attic. I mean, have you read Flowers no, in the Attic? and I did not watch the miniseries Oh, my either. God. <laughs> okay, well, honestly, perfect book for Cheryl because there is incest involved. Awesome. But the brother and the sister end up sleeping together. But it's like, okay. It has nothing to do with actual flowers. They're children. Right. And after their father dies, their mother brings them to, I think it's her mother's house or her aunt's house, some elderly relative, to try and convince this woman to give to leave them her fortune but the relative doesn't like children so she has to pretend that she doesn't have them so the, she makes the kids live in the attic and they're just trapped in the attic 24/7 for a very long time and hence why the brother and sister end up fucking because they come to you know puberty and adolescence while they're living in this attic and they've got no other options and then like the mother starts poisoning them because she wants to kill them and keep the money for herself it's like it's a thing i mean it it sounds like a riverdale thing which is pretty accurate yeah and honestly it makes sense cheryl would like it since i'm sure she really wanted to fuck jason at some point in in their lifetimes so it has nothing to do with flowers but I guess it had also something to do with Heather because she had given the right. book to Heather, I think, right? Heather, Heather has, the, has book, the book, something like this. <sighs> I don't know. So I'm not really sure what yeah. Cheryl's deal was. Hers but... wasn't the most interesting one. Then yeah. I forgot to mention Kevin is involved in this. Right, because he's part of the armed he posse is, that goes so around that's trying why to retrieve I forgot. these things. But he does get questioned about Lord of the Flies. And right. um, we get to see Moose again. I love him so much. And this whole the conversation about, you know, Kevin thinking as he grew up that he was always piggy. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> Moose goes, well, you're definitely a Ralph now. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I mean, it was a good conversation for them to have. But at the same time, where we get brought grossed me the fuck out. Yeah. Do you want to? Um... <laughs> Do I want to talk about that? I mean, no, but I will. I mean, I actually, I really liked most of Kevin's story mm-hmm. in this episode up to oh, the this. point that we're getting to, but I thought that Lord of the Flies, first of all, I really loved so Lord of the I. Flies when I read it in high school, big fan, so I really liked using it as a metaphor to kind of get at Kevin's insecurities and issues with his self-esteem, because we know that he's struggled with that for a long time, Right, and I guess... I think maybe the issue is that when he got that response from Moose of, oh, well, you look like a Ralph now, but he still felt right. like a piggy He's like, inside. That doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. I still Right, feel, like, it that doesn't right. help me. Exactly. Like, you can do whatever you can to change your outside appearance, but if you don't feel confident about yourself on the inside, it's not going to right. make a difference. And I think later when he goes to see Which, Percival and things get a oh, little intimate. Oh, I think I wrote down the line. <laughs> correctly percival says to him gorgeous gorgeous man you'll never feel like piggy again and then <laughs> he makes out with him and i was so grossed out yeah, that did not that i up. did not feel comfortable 
there. No, because I mean, because Percival is so scummy. And and I hated because he said something before that, too, which I thought oh. you were going to say, but it, it's something about your beautiful. So, he said something really nice. And had it been coming mm. from any other person, it would have been such a beautiful moment and a, a great show of support for Kevin. But because it's coming from Percival, I don't trust it. And I feel like it's not sincere or genuine. He's just saying it to get what he wants. I'm also still surprised that Kevin was even roped into this stuff because he's already on Percival's side. So why involve him at all? Like, are you just trying to find cracks? And Well, he, you saw him add to his list. And this is when I freaked out because I saw F. Andrews on his list. And I was like, is Fred Andrews right. on his list? But then I realized Frank also starts yes. with an F. And that makes more sense. But he's got the list of all the people that he's basically converted Mm -hmm. to his following. And so he added Reggie and Kevin to that list. Because I guess prior to now, Kevin had sort of been on the fringe, dabbling in evil. And now he's fully committing to it. But I just thought that it was was sad the way that Kevin got brought over. Because Reggie got brought over because he saw Percival doing magic and and doing really crazy Yeah, it was kind of on his own. Like, I want in. Yeah, I want in on this. I want to learn how to do it. But with Kevin, he took advantage of him being in a very vulnerable Mm -hmm. state and and just roped him in that way. And so that feels a little, I mean, (laughs) that feels a lot slimy to me. You know what I did notice? Tabitha wasn't included. I was going to say that. Or Tony. Yeah, we just, (laughs) we don't care about those people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we finally included Veronica in something. I know. (laughs) I guess we had to like alternate. We have to alternate. Yeah. I did find, no, I guess it's a trauma and you got to be whatever about it. But I felt like Archie's taking his a little too to the max because Betty shows up. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. With the pocket. Oh, God. Not just any sunglasses. The heart sunglasses that, you know, Miss Grundy used to wear. And he gets so like a offended by it like take those off and it's like really like it's really that traumatizing to you just to see the sunglasses i don't know it just there's parts of archie and just how much of a pussy he is with things yet he will go and try to be the strong man or defeat a bear or be head of the fire department or be part of the red circle what was it the red circle yeah what was that yeah, thing? the red yeah. circle yeah you know like he's this big macho guy but this figment of his past is really taking him down yeah i think it might have made more sense if we ever got the impression that he had been damaged by this before right you know i don't think we ever really tackled this issue since it ended and I think the show probably did that purposely. I don't think they wanted to kind of delve into that and right. make it a thing. But Archie does everything very extra. So I guess right. processing and I think- trauma, he would would also do that in a very extra way. <laughs> yeah. And the point you made, we never got to see how he really handled the whole situation, especially after she was killed. So, yeah. Right. It just, it wasn't... But for us to be hit with it now and take it seriously is a whole different thing. It wasn't a big enough plot point back then, really. Like, it was, Mm -mm. it was to be salacious. It was included to make the first season more scandalous. But I don't think they ever intended to address it in a real way in terms of abuse and processing trauma. And so now that they're trying to do it 
seven years later, literally like with the show and with the time jump. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel like we needed that. Right. I didn't need it. <laughs> no, I didn't need it either. A couple of things, because now I think, yes. I think I've sort of finished my general thoughts, but I just have a bunch of random things that just popped out at me that were kind of crazy. Now, you have a friend who lives upstate. You have Crystal who lives upstate, yes. right? Now, Jughead pronounced oh, yes, I the wrote capital that of our state in a very strange he, way. As Albany. Albany. And I was like, hold on. Do people who live in Albany call it Albany? Are we the ones who are wrong? No, guys. It's Albany. No, it's <laughs> Albany. Not Albany. Yeah, pro tip for you. That really bothered me, actually. I'm surprised I yeah. didn't bring it up. I was like... <laughs> I wrote it down. I was like, what? Like, my cousin actually lives in Albany. And I was like, um, no, sir. That is wrong. And I just started questioning myself because I was like, really? They didn't, they didn't do that research they just they just went out there with albany which i feel like is not the way one would normally say that right and to say it out loud and not feel like you're wrong <laughs> yeah how does one do that <laughs> like do you hear yourself <laughs> like uh we couldn't do another take yeah come on that just didn't feel right i, I don't no, know it felt very i was uncomfortable <laughs> okay you're right good you're okay. totally right wanted to call that out another thing was i thought that Percival's Curiosities Shop looks a lot like Veronica's jewelry store. Yep. So are we just using the same set for that? Is that literally the same <laughs> location? And now we're just selling just curiosities Just put up new wallpaper. Okay, cool. Make it a little dark and ominous. It does look pretty dark and ominous now. If, if they changed it up, that's the one thing they did. They made it dark. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, why would she need the jewelry store anymore anyway? Because she has the casino. I don't know why she the... needed it in the first place, Dawn. I don't know. was she just laundering money through it? That wasn't the initial intention, though. <laughs> Chad just, you know. What's ever the intention? God. <laughs> no one has an intention for anything. Everything that happens in Riverdale is purely accidental. <laughs> they end up burning. What did they end up burning? Oh, yeah. They okay. Up- so once, and by the way, hot take, I really liked Cheryl in this episode. I thought that she was helpful and yeah. she had her little snide comments here and there, but she, in general, she was not mean spirited. She genuinely wanted to help everybody. And it was very much like, a, we're all in this together. Let's help each other. And Cheryl's mm-hmm. not usually like that. So I appreciated seeing that from her in this particular episode. But Cheryl realizes that Percival's using all of their items to spellcast. And so they have to find the library books, which Jughead tracks down somehow. So there's one homeless person left in Sketch Alley who is in a wheelchair. And that is important. That was an interesting... When when that happened, I was like, oh, no shit. Yes, that is important because Percival told the homeless population to start walking west and don't stop until you hit the Pacific. And that's what everybody did. Except this guy who is in a wheelchair and physically cannot walk. So he was not required to follow that order. <laughs> so Poor interesting. Guy's just by himself now. Percival just Valley. has to be very specific and intentional with his commands. So that's, I guess, sort of a good thing to kind of keep in the noggin mm-hmm. for the future. But basically, he, tell- he tells him to call a payphone in like Venice Beach. It- I It was very particular. I mean, I get the whole going west thing but to just pinpoint venice beach i was little yeah and also the odds of being able to reach somebody at a very specific payphone in venice beach like 
astronomical. But regardless, I honestly don't really 100% remember how they got to this, but they eventually figure out that Doc sold the books to a bookstore in Pennsylvania, which is very lucky and convenient for everybody, considering he walked all the way to California and didn't sell them at a bookstore in, you know, like buttfuck mm-hmm. Oklahoma. So Jughead goes, finds the books at the bookstore, and then they exchange them for their collateral, except Veronica lets him keep her dad's painting, which is weird and mm-hmm. could potentially come back to cause problems. And actually, given that she continues to have a poisonous kiss in the next episode, maybe it has to do with that. But either way. She also changes up her whole look, so I think she's using this to her advantage. <laughs> it now. reminds me of Spider-Man 3, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3, where he goes emo spider man oh yes 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 (laughs) anyway uh so they go to burn all of their artifacts but it doesn't really go as planned because jughead's like no i can't burn this book he's like what would ray bradbury think oh god yeah thank you for that (laughs) which i found hilarious because it's like he wrote a burning right yeah anyway. I, I mean yes if you if you get the reference but like there's such lofty literary references in the show sometimes i feel bad for <laughs> anybody who was not an english major as i was or read enough books in high school like you did but anyway so he hmm. pulls his out and is like i'll take my chances and then veronica's like cheryl where's your trunk and she's like jason's already burned so i don't need to burn anything and it's like <laughs> what that's a weird fucking caveat but sure so and they all don't even bat an eye at like (laughs) like for me i have follow-up questions (laughs) your brother's skeletons in a box so yeah and also like put them in a new box and burn also like did it like just burn that box. Burn just like get rid of that chest? box. Yeah, I uh, confusing. So whatever. They burn their stuff, the rest of the stuff, which honestly amounts basically just to Betty's diary and Archie's guitar. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> else is like, I'm keeping my shit. So that's not the best bonfire ever. So everything's fine now. That's kind of what I'm not really sure about. Does yeah, Jughead's eczema go away? Fine. Does Archie stop seeing Miss Grundy? Probably, I guess. I would think. But now it's kind of like seeing the preview for next week. I don't know. It looks very all over the place. Yeah. And I don't know what to make of it. I couldn't even decipher it for you. I I just remember seeing Veronica, slick back hair, all dark clothes. Lipstick. definitely using this. Yeah. She's using her venom to her advantage. Do you know what we didn't talk about yet? Uh Uh-oh. The negative pregnancy test. (laughs) Oh my god. That was the very beginning of the episode. The first <laughs> thing I wrote down in all caps, not pregnant. Yeah. As if like they were on Maury or something. Oh, I wrote, I am so relieved. <laughs> oh, it was a relief because also she's like, you know, maybe it was for the better because like, she you know, said my what mom I've been then, saying. Yeah. Like you got my mom and then you got my dad who a killer and we don't right. know how long he's been killing for and then archie's like well i kind of really wanted a baby and it's like oh shut up seriously he needs to Get grow out. hair jesus read the room yeah the apocalypse is coming archie do you really want to bring a baby into the apocalypse what's wrong with you not even that this fucking guy is like ruining your lives yeah, like specifically trying to ruin your life. <laughs> he picks a different way to do it every day. So I don't know if a baby's a good fucking idea. Has anyone tried just stabbing Percival in the throat? Has anyone attempted murder here? I feel like we're at the point where we should try. Well, we do know from Tabitha, though, that 
he only gets taken down three out of the thirteen hundred eighty. Oh, it was times. two. No, was I think it was three. Oh, okay. Well, is one of those ways being stabbed in the throat because no one's tried it yet? And how do we get to know that it was three out of thirteen hundred eighty? Because she's tried because... all the different scenarios, I guess. And so, then why not just stop at the one? But again, Jughead dies in every one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. She was trying to rework it so that he wouldn't die. So he's got to be the one that kills him, then, I guess, right? Maybe and they both die together. I... Maybe. It's like a Harry Potter situation. You don't get that reference. Nope, Somebody else will. <laughs> <laughs> He's a horcrux. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that. And then like just speaking of Archie in general, my favorite was towards the beginning when they're starting to go through their shit and Betty comes clean about this whole thing with her dad like seeing her dad as the janitor or whatever and then she asks Archie if anything weird has happened to him and he's like nothing I want to talk about and it's like you suck you this are the what worst I'm saying. like you are awful you're such a just, pussy baby right like she just opened up to you this is a woman that you're considering having a baby with and uh, you can't I guess tell you see an exclusive Grundy. relationship with and it's like she just bared her soul and you're like I don't want to talk about my stuff. And it's like... <laughs> Everyone knows you banged your teacher back worst. in the day. Relax. Right? She knows about that. It's not like it's going right. to be a big surprise. <sighs> he pisses me off so much. Mm-hmm. And I guess... Yeah. I guess the last thing that I want to mention... Percival's bed being on a lighted, raised platform. Did you notice that in the scene with Kevin? Um, I didn't, but now I'm looking <laughs> at the screen caps on the Archieverse. I know it's one of the page. suites in the casino, so it's probably a little bit gaudy, but the bed is literally on a lighted platform. It's like a stage. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> it's like a blue lighted platform. But I also feel like it, it sets a tone that you would really have to work hard to match if you were going to pursue any sort of sexual activity on the bed. You know, like you got to right. bring it if you're on a <laughs> on a raised lighted <laughs> platform, right? Oh, you better make your presence known. Yeah, you can't phone it in when you're on a stage. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you're glowing from <laughs> Exactly. Is this the afterglow or the <laughs> uplighting? <laughs> or the LEDs I put from my car? <laughs> anyway that's all i have to say about this episode i think me too we have another one next week <laughs> man they just keep coming don't they they yeah i'm honestly surprised we haven't gotten a break yet i really think we're gonna get one memorial day weekend i'm like 99 percent sure and if that is the case we have rubber coming out on the 31st yes you will not be disappointed we will, no, you will have not. an episode for you. I'm very excited to rewatch that. And I'm excited for you to watch it too. Yeah, I couldn't believe I saw it on HBO last night. <laughs> it, it, it had already started. It was like 10 or 15 minutes in and I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> so I'll have to watch it at another time. I explained it to somebody in a very short, sweet way. I said, for the description of Rubber, a tire that has telekinetic powers falls in love with a chick and goes on a murderous rampage through the desert. Now, that's not IMDb. That's me. That's I mean, my what else do you need to know? <laughs> interpretation of the movie that I watched. But it's great. We love an inanimate object with a forbidden obsession. <laughs> Just our usual. You know where to find us. You know where to follow us. They know everything. Subscribe, rate, review, everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. And until then, that's endgame. game.